Thank you for visiting the YourMindfulCoach.com podcast, now available on Stitcher, Player FM, and of course, iTunes. This is Mark Balser. Today's podcast explores gratitude. I find gratitude to be a wonderful application of mindfulness practice and invite you to practice along with me. Please visit my website, www.yourmindfulcoach.com, to practice gratitude yourself by following the Three Good Things link at the top of the page. You can also send an email to Mark, that's M-A-R-C, at yourmindfulcoach.com. Thank you. I thought I'd begin today with a poem by David White. It's entitled, Everything is Waiting for You. Your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone, as if life were a progressive and cunning crime with no witness to the tiny hidden transgressions. To feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. Surely, Even you, at times, have felt the grand array, the swelling presence, and the chorus crowding out your solo voice. You must note the way the soap dish enables you, or the window latch grants you freedom. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. The stairs are your mentor of things to come, The doors have always been there to frighten you and invite you. And the tiny speaker in the phone is your dream ladder to divinity. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for you. The Roman philosopher Cicero wrote, Gratitude is not only the greatest of the virtues, but the parent of all others. So given the season, I thought I'd share some thoughts on this important quality with you today. I've tried several times to record this talk, but to no avail. But today, on Thanksgiving morning, I certainly have gratitude to be sitting alone in a quiet house at 8.30 in the morning, not a soul awake in the house. This is the benefit of having teenagers. So I'll begin by defining and framing gratitude, and we'll continue by investigating how we can use it to change our mindset, what the benefits of gratitude are, and what specific practices we can undertake to cultivate this quality. The dictionary defines gratitude as the quality of being thankful, a readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. So there's two key components in this concept of gratitude. The first is that gratitude involves an affirmation of goodness, affirmation of goodness. One must pause to recognize the gifts in front of them, 
or the hidden positive in otherwise difficult situations. And the second piece is that gratitude involves a recognition of its source. Researcher Robert Emmons is a researcher in the field of gratitude. He writes, I see it as a relationship-strengthening emotion because it requires us to see how we've been supported and affirmed by other people. So as we pause to notice the goodness and generosity around us, we become aware of the people and the resources and the causes and conditions that lead us to this feeling state. So for me, gratitude reminds me of how connected and interdependent I am on others. I have a friend who's a gratitude communication researcher. His name's Ross Brinkard, and he writes, Gratitude is not only good for the receiver, it's also good for the sender. You can transform your own feelings by sending gratitude to someone else. One of the many powers of gratitude is its ability to incline our mind. This concept of inclining the mind abounds in the study of mindfulness and meditation. In a sense, it helps us rehabituate the mind away from the constant judging and comparing and complaining and evaluating that characterizes our experiences when we're in this survival mode, fight or flight, kind of everyday stress response experience. And instead, through practice, we develop an openness to our experience that allows for appreciation of small things and even negative things. Another way to think of this inclining process is as a reframing of experience, a gladdening of the mind, or even a softening of the mind. This process of inclining the mind is not to the exclusion of bad things in our experience, but it allows us to see the multitude of facets of our experience with a clear vision that keeps us from leaping to assumption and judgment and habit. This inclination allows us to find the sacred in our ordinary, everyday experience. So perhaps we can take a minute or two for a mini meditation. This comes from Jack Cornfield, and it's a traditional prayer or meditation on gratitude. You might sit quietly, comfortably, closing your eyes if you're able. Breathing naturally and allowing your body to be relaxed, your heart open and soft. And allowing the following words to flow over you, flow into you. With gratitude, I remember the people, animals, plants, insects, creatures of the sky and the sea, air and water fire and earth, all whose joyful exertion blesses my life every day. With gratitude, I remember the care and labor of a thousand generations of elders and ancestors who came before me. I offer my gratitude for the safety and well-being I have been given. 
I offer my gratitude for the blessings of this earth I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the measure of health I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the family and friends I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the community I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the teachings and lessons I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the life I have been given. And you might allow your breath to deepen and lengthen. Inhaling, exhaling. And taking your time to open your eyes. So nothing here should be particularly new to the listener but I find I need constant reminders. We tend to cover our natural ability to be grateful with a crammed list of obligations, to-dos, must-dos, that serve as obstacles to the practice of gratitude. I've been teaching this lesson with 10th graders for the last week and have found students to have a natural inclination towards gratitude once given some time and space. When I ask students to write about what they're grateful for, the responses I get at the start are things like, do we really have to write three things? Does this have to be in sentence form? How much detail do you want? But before long, this transitions into thoughtful introspection and insight on the part of students. Suddenly, I'm asking students to wrap up their work and move on to their next class, but they just keep typing. Others continue writing later into the day. So it's very exciting that once they start practicing gratitude, they can't stop. So some thoughts on why to practice and what the benefits can be. Robert Emmons has studied thousands of individuals who report numerous benefits from a consistent practice of gratitude. These include physical effects such as stronger immune systems, improved self-care, and even better sleep. Psychologically and socially, those that practice gratitude are more likely to experience positive emotions, feel happier and more optimistic, and feel less lonely and isolated. Gratitude, Emmons writes, allows us to celebrate the present. It can block toxic negative emotions by magnifying more positive ones. He finds that grateful people are more stress-resistant and have a higher sense of self-worth. I find his research that shows grateful people exercise more self-control and are better at delaying gratification very interesting, because this reminds me of what can happen with a practice of mindfulness. In mindfulness, through returning our attention to our focus or anchor in our breath, our body, our senses, we are able to respond thoughtfully instead of react habitually. 
In this way, we turn our habits into our choices. It seems using gratitude as our anchor can serve much the same purpose. And with gratitude, what we're not doing is nearly as important as what we are doing. It's hard to multitask while practicing gratitude. We're unlikely to be checking our cell phone, mindlessly eating a hamburger when we're practicing gratitude. Like with mindfulness, gratitude takes us out of our autopilot everyday mode. It moves us away from fight or flight, this stress response, towards a rest and digest, a relaxation response. When we practice gratitude, we aren't engaged in jealousy and greed and grasping. We're creating a space in our experience. Actually seeing the world without our story and our narrative of how things are. As we leave the realm of judgment, comparison, criticism, our natural wisdom and compassion begin to emerge. Of course, there's obstacles to our practice of gratitude. Our egos tend to resist the recognition of how keenly dependent we are on others. We did a gratitude practice immediately after lunch one day, and of course, my students wrote about how wonderful the garlic knots that had been part of the meal had been. When I asked, what allowed this good thing to happen, the predominant response was, well, they, they just showed up at lunch. But then, as we explored the true causes of what allowed the garlic knots to magically appear, it got them thinking about the kitchen manager, the kitchen staff that prepared them, the truck driver that delivered the ingredients, the farmer that harvested the grain, the machines that tilled the field, the water and the soil that fed the plants. So for each good thing, there's an infinite number of reminders of our dependence and our interconnection in this world. This can be difficult. We struggle with uncertainty in our experience by trying to control things, and it just, just doesn't work. Our resistance to our vulnerability and even a feeling of scarcity can be an obstacle to allowing gratitude to arise. And of course, in times of difficulty, any expression of relative gratitude, for example, I've got plenty of food, reliable transportation, a roof over my head, will remind us that others might not be so fortunate. And there's both good and bad in the world. And as it turns out, this practice of gratitude causes us to come term, to terms with the reality of our experience and the experience of others. This uh, poem from Jack Gilbert, A Brief for the Defense. Sorrow everywhere, slaughter everywhere. If babies are not starving someplace, they are starving somewhere else with flies in their nostrils. But we enjoy our lives because that's what God wants. Otherwise, the mornings before summer dawn would not be made so fine. The Bengal tiger would not be fashioned so miraculously well. The poor women at the fountain are laughing together between the suffering they have known and the awfulness in their future smiling and laughing while somebody in the village is very sick. There is laughter every day in the terrible streets of Calcutta 
and the woman laugh in the cages of Bombay. If we deny our happiness, resist our satisfaction, we lessen the importance of their deprivation. We must risk delight. We can do without pleasure, but not delight, not enjoyment. We must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of this world. To make injustice the only measure of our attention is to praise the devil. If the locomotive of the Lord runs us down, we should give thanks that the end had magnitude. We must admit that there will be music despite everything. We stand at the prow again of a small ship anchored late at night in the tiny port overlooking the sleeping island. The waterfront is three shuttered cafes and one naked light burning. To hear the faint sound of oars in the silence as a rowboat comes slowly out and then goes back is truly worth all the years of sorrow that are to come. So how to practice? For gratitude practice to have a lasting effect, it must be both intentional and consistent. Gratitude must be a way of relating to the world and not just an afterthought. And as it turns out, one of the best ways to cultivate gratitude is to write it down. I think the intentionality of actually putting pen to paper or perhaps fingers to keyboard allows you to be more reflective compared with just thinking about gratitude. There's a fun little non-scientific video on Soul Pancake's website called An Experiment in Gratitude that's worth watching. They did an experiment where people were asked to write about someone who had a positive impact on their life. They found that writing and then sharing what they'd written to the person they'd expressed gratitude towards has a powerful effect on the happiness of the gratitude giver. So would you like to give it a try? How about the three good things practice? This is essentially a gratitude journal where each day you recall three things that went well for you recently, positive experiences, interactions, or observations. Take the time to describe each of these good things and note how you felt then and how you feel now upon reflection. You conclude by explaining what you think caused this event to happen. Was it your preparation, the generosity of another, the gifts of the earth? So if you'd like, I've posted a link to a Google form on my website, www.yourmindfulcoach.com, where you can do this yourself, and I'll collect the responses and share them anonymously in an upcoming blog or post. Another wonderful way to practice gratitude is by expressing it towards others. You can write a gratitude letter to an important person in your life, or just give them a call. Ross Brinkert, my friend, recommends communicating gratitude with an element of surprise. Much like random acts of kindness, random acts of gratitude help your expression stand out. Ross writes, expressions that come unexpectedly actually have a lot more weight than things 
that are expected. It's really important to make the opportunity to thoughtfully surprise people because that's what really stands out for them. And finally, because gratitude is for you as well, simple mindfulness and meditation practices support the concept of inclining the mind. Meditations on gratitude and joy help you set an intention toward gratitude and remind you of the gifts you have both given and received. Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh offers such a meditation called the Five Earth Touchings that I'll share with you now. In gratitude, I bow to all generations of ancestors in my blood family. I see my mother and father, whose blood, flesh, and vitality are circulating in my own veins and nourishing every cell in me. I carry in me the life, blood, experience, wisdom, happiness, and sorrow of all generations. In gratitude, I bow to all generations of ancestors in my spiritual family. I see in myself my teachers, the ones who show me the way of love and understanding, the way to breathe, smile, forgive, and live deeply in the present moment. In gratitude, I bow to this land and all of the ancestors who made it available. I see that I am whole, protected, and nourished by this land and all the living beings that have been here and made life worthwhile and possible for me through all their efforts. I feel the energy of this land penetrating my body, penetrating my soul, supporting and accepting me. In gratitude and compassion, I bow down and transmit all my energy to those I love. All the energy I have received, I now want to transmit to my father, my mother, everyone I love, and all who have suffered and worried because of me and for my sake. I pray that all ancestors in my blood and spiritual families will focus their energies towards each of them to protect and support them. In gratitude, understanding, and compassion, I bow down to reconcile myself with all those who have made me suffer. I open my heart and send forth my energy of love and understanding to everyone who has made me suffer, to those who have destroyed much of my life and the lives of those I love. I pray that they can be transformed to the experience of the joy of living so that they will not continue to make themselves and others suffer. I see their suffering and do not want to hold any feelings of hatred or anger in myself toward them. I channel my energy of love and understanding to them and ask all my ancestors to help them. The German philosopher George Simmel writes, 
Gratitude is the moral memory of mankind. This reminder of our connection and interdependence is a wonderful source of energy and appreciation that I hope to practice more of. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful holiday season.